When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Welcome back to Draft Vice. Uh, I'm Walter, and we are back with Kev DJ Intense is back again. Hello, everybody. How you doing? He didn't get to come for the live show, and I was so sad. I'm like, we got to get him in the room. We got to get get some thoughts from him on the draft uh, because I missed him a lot. Like, I, I miss seeing this guy all the time, man. It was so great. We used to see each other at the gym, yep. talk football all the time. Yep. Yep, yep, then yep, I started yep, doing yep. this weird thing, and I'm like, you know what? Get Kev on as much as I can. Now he's on. Yeah, we got him here. He's in the room. And, and thus, like, again, one of my favorite people back on the show. And we get to talk about the draft because that's all we're going to be talking about for, like, the next two weeks. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be – because it's the only thing to talk about in football. So it's the draft. Who, who lost? Who won? Who got injured? Who got a good trade? Who got, who won this way out? And you know what? It's it's always fun to talk about. We're, we're going to do, like, top – our favorite classes, some of our letter, less favorite classes. Mm-hmm. I don't know about uh, horrible classes. There might be one, two really bad classes. But yeah. but most of, this, most of it is there were some very, very good classes – some mediocre classes, classes you might go, what happened there? Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. some classes that make you go like, oh, you guys didn't get better at all, did no, you? No, you, you There's like three of them, uh, or maybe four. We'll talk about those at, towards the end. So okay. what so, did you think about this draft as a whole? Because like everybody heard my com- comments on this for the last month or so. and oh, literally the draft <laughs> class as a whole? Yeah, just what did you think? Like Going into this draft, just like the, your overall top reaction to this draft. Like Not even this draft class, but just this draft. Like After watching it, you're like, wow, this is like – you know, you you saw the the names come in. You saw the lines of the teams, like because like I felt coming into this, we we're gonna have a lot more diverse opinions on a lot of the teams, right? Mm-hmm. I, and it seems like at least a lot of people, their top six or seven teams, are the top six or seven teams across the board, mm-hmm. which yeah. I was a little shocked by because I felt like there was a lot of diversity of opinion as far as players in this draft class. Mm-hmm. But I think because certain players fell because of injury, and like for instance, Zizo Jalari fell into yeah. the second round because of a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's even draft classes. I think we were talking, we were just starting to talk about the Giants right before I said let's start hit, roll, start rolling and everything. Mm-hmm. The Giants they take Kadarius Tony in the first round, but yeah. that's because they traded back from 11 overall with yep. the Chicago Bears, picked up a few extra picks in 2022, got a first rounder in 2022. Oh really? There you yeah. Go, all so, right, all right, get them in. I see you. I see how they're working. Yeah, so like I don't mind that. And then like, okay, they took Kadarius Tony, not a guy who I love, love, but to be honest, they also took Azizo Jalari, a guy who I do love, love. There you go. One of my favorite players in this draft class. So I dug Azizo Jalari, and I dug. I, I like the the Kadarius. I, I don't hate Kadarius Tony. I think no. it, now the problem is I don't know if I believe that um that our buddy over in New York, who's the OC. Um, former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Garrett. Garrett, yes. I don't know if he's going to be using Kadarius Tony correctly because <laughs> he's he's Garrett. He's Jason Garrett, and we saw him running offense last year, and that was not fun. You know, the, his Garrett, his offense's philosophy is meat potatoes. You know what I'm saying? I, I, For a second down, stuff the run, and the third I'm, down, we're going to pass it, and we're going to figure out how we're going to go from there. There's nothing creative about this offense. No, nothing. There's nothing creative no. about Jason Garrett in general. He is like a he is like a, a, a like the Wonder Bread. Yeah. It's just like there's nothing creative about this in general. No, not at all. You want me to pause? No, it's all right. Keep going. This is all right. 
So again, I there's nothing that I really cared much for as far like as far as their coaching staff. Now there are there are some talks about the Giants maybe changing up their coaching staff a little bit. Okay. So maybe that leads to them utilizing Kadarius Tony. But again, it's it's also a very um similar scheme, Bill, like similar guy to to another guy you already have in Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Slot guy, gadget dude. Now Sterling Shepard, yeah, explosive, run after the catch dude. And both those guys I like for that same role. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I trust them to get both those guys on the field at the same time. Yeah, now, you know. now Sterling Shepard hasn't always been the healthiest guy, but they it, did just extend him relatively recently. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they they went in the in, in off season and got uh, you know a whole bunch of things to help make the team better. So we're going to see what, what they're going to do. Yeah, they got Kenny Galladay. They got, dude, the, the defensive back room is deep. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Like, mm -hmm. if you think about it, they got a Dory Jackson. They got Logan Ryan. They have Bradbury. They, uh, oh, they had somebody else. In, they have Sam Beal, who they took in the, um, the uh, what's it called? The, the draft that's not the draft. It's like the after draft kind of thing. It's the, uh, oh, uh, I don't know. They didn't do one last year because of COVID, but they, it, it's Not like supplemental. Yeah, know? the supplemental draft. Oh, yes. okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. They took Sam Beal in the supplemental draft a couple of years ago. He's still on their roster. Uh, they got rid of Baker, uh, DeAndre Baker. He's not there anymore. But I actually like DeAndre Baker too, and Gallman too. Like, yeah, they're both gone. Yeah. So at this point, they have they have a lot of defensive backs. They even took another one. They took Aaron Robinson, slot corner at UCF. This mm -hmm. is kind of the perfect press man coverage slot corner. So now they're adding more man coverage to that room. It, again, defensive backs wise, they're very well set. In fact, I think mm -hmm. they have almost way too many. Even if Jabril Peppers, very good uh, safety linebacker hybrid. Came from um, your Cleveland Browns. Yep. Uh, and you know, previous to that, it, it was uh, the Michigan guy, mm -hmm. and he's from New Jersey. So we just keep on doubling it all up with that, all the connections to everything. Um, and then they also took Xavier McKinney last year. So, again, their defense is stacked. Now they get a real edge rusher in Aziz Ojolari. And it's funny you bring him up because I've, it, you taught me this, was that safety is not really a, a high priority and even in, in, in free agency in the draft. Yes. So he was a, a like a number one pick. He was in the first round talent. Yeah, for the second round. Yeah, and the same thing happened again this year. There was no safety taking the first round whatsoever. Nope, the first one was actually Richie Grant, I believe, to the yeah. Atlanta Falcons, and I like Richie Grant. I did not think he'd be the first safety off the board. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Safety is it's almost a devalued position, exactly. undervalued position. Yeah, very, very, very undervalued. Because um, what's it called? They they tend to be very like. For instance, that's what, why a lot of people like the Browns offseason this year. They went ahead and signed John Johnson the mm third, -hmm. one of the top safeties on the market. Yep. And they got him for $11 million a year. So you're talking about like $6 million less than what you were paying to get Bud Dupree on your roster. Mm -hmm. And I think John Johnson the third brings a lot more maybe on the back end, especially at 50% at of the like 50% less of the cost mm -hmm. than what you were going to get from Bud Dupree, who's probably. I don't know, maybe like the 20 or 30th edge rusher in the NFL. Like, he's not a top 10 edge rusher, so no. you're paying him $16 million a year to get him in your room. I, I think there was, you know, again, like, safety is a very undervalued position. Very, very much undervalued. Um, But, again, they get Kadarius Toney, Aziz Ojolari. They get first and, and fourth rounders next year. Ellerson Smith out in Northern Iowa was a very good pickup for them. In fact, again, another guy they add to their edge room that – I, I, I kind of like the Giants draft sneakily if you kind of swap the Kadarius Tony pick with Aziz Ojolari. Mm -hmm. Then I feel very good about it. So that's kind of—I feel like that's always Gettleman's drafts, though. His, his second pick's always better than his first pick. Hmm. So— 
But you told me that the first pick is usually a luxury pick, right? And then the second and third is where you build your team around. Yeah, yeah. I, with him, or him especially, he seems to. I you can never gauge what Gettleman's gonna do, and. Some teams, yeah, like especially in the first round, I feel like you should go for best guy available, especially at a position of value. For mm -hmm. instance, the Browns went ahead and they took uh, Greg Newsom. Yeah, that was a outside corner, so a high valued position. Great player at an at that position as well. Probably a top three or four corner in this draft class when all is said and done. Next to J.C. Horns and Sertains and those guys. Yeah, like outside of J.C. Horn, Caleb Farley, and Sertain, and some people had him ahead of some of those guys. So uh, Caleb Farley, uh, Greg Newsom. Now you're getting him at 25. Again, a high value position, a position you usually have to pay like you know 15, 20 million dollars to get those guys to stay on your roster. Mm -hmm. It's an expensive position. So now yeah. you get to keep that guy. Uh, you know, Now you get a guy in there that's at the, the higher value position. And then round two, Browns go ahead and draft Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa mm -hmm. out of Notre Dame, a guy who people were thinking of taking in the first round. Yeah, but he had a heart issue. So th yeah. that was a big question recently. Um, Schefter reported that, and then, but apparently all the teams cleared him of the heart issue. So that wasn't the reason why he fell, it sounds like. It's a weird thing because even the team and the players said, like, I don't know what they're talking about necessarily when they're talking mm -hmm. about the heart issue. Like, it was something that popped up. They do all these clearances. Now, you're right. Maybe some teams are just so squeamish with that that they went, you know what, we just want to touch it. But mm -hmm. I think what really ended up happening is he's an undersized linebacker, kind of safety hybrid, similar to Isaiah Simmons. There was a lot of talk about – uh, Isaiah Simmons, you know, with uh, Vance Joseph not really working out last year. Now, mm -hmm. keep in mind, that was one year in the NFL. Exactly. It you, takes a while. Yeah, you you know, that was his rookie year. You, you never know. Next year, Isaiah Simmons, we might be talking about as a defensive player of the year candidate. Exactly. So, you know, but again, because of that worry, I think teams were a little bit more squeamish. Not every team has a scheme fit for him. Mm -hmm. Um. So Jeremiah was but by the way, Brown's draft I was one of my favorites. I again, yeah, yeah, I could probably go deep into that draft. I already did an episode on it, but we'll talk a little bit about it, especially now, if you want to talk a the, bit the, about the, it. The, the Browns, you guys seem to hit up part. Yeah, the first two picks, Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Then they got Anthony Schwartz, the speedster out of Auburn. Yep. Followed up with Tommy Togiai out of Ohio State and uh, James Hudson, uh, offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. Then they went ahead and took, basically, they took Jeremiah Wusukoromoa's backup in Tony Fields. Mm -hmm. And then they went ahead and took uh, Georgia safety uh, LeCount, uh, who got injured in a motorcycle crash, didn't test well at his pro day. But apparently, he when they looked at his GPS data, he had one of the best GPS like data rankings. Uh, he had, like had ninety percentile data rankings for his GPS. So, again, and then they took Demetric Felton, one of my favorite players. So again, they were one of my favorite drafts of this year. Even though I'm a Browns fan, I'm already biased, <laughs> and it's like, uh, you know, no, 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 no. Andrew ahead, Andrew Barry's probably stuff. Andrew Barry's already a very good GM, and he's only been doing it two years. I kind of dig it. Um, but we're here to talk about teams that you liked and didn't like and where you want to go. What, what team do you want to talk about next? I, 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 I want to go. Can I do worse to first? Is it possible to do that? You want to switch it around? We could do a, we do a bad one. What was the bad I, I, one? The, the bad one. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. You Texans, bro. Oh, yes. No, no, no. That was they were bad. <laughs> what, what can I say? You messed up. Do I have to do the rant again? Do I have to go on the rant of what you did? For D-Hop, do I have to do it again to you guys? Oh, we can't. Going into the DeAndre Hopkins you know, trade I, I can enough. still go back, but, you know, but hey, whatever. I, I'll come forward. You had no picks. That that You were the bottom because you had nothing to work with. I'm sorry. And they, their first pick that they spent was on Davis Mills, quarterback out of Stanford, who played 11 games last uh, Has played 11 games. 
listen, good developmental guy. Here's the thing. If I'm looking at my roster, I'm going, well, I'm going to probably have the number one pick overall next year. Why am I taking a quarterback in the third round at the top of the third round? Now, we might be bashing this pick, and then next year he's like the top guy there. Um, and it could well, to- it could we, totally be. We don't know way. what what Deshaun you know, Watson is, is is happening his situation, but well, that's the other thing is that's why they saw. <laughs> that's why I think they drafted him was like we don't know what's happening with Deshaun. He doesn't want to play with us anyway. Yeah. So, so we don't know. So if we get him in the room and we have Tyrod Taylor there and we're kind of going to be a mediocre to bad roster. Mediocre. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm calling it bad. Yeah, bad to very bad. Very bad to very bad. I'm sorry. I, I think they're in the running for the number one overall pick. Yep. So they're going to be the walking out of the NFC, AFC South. Yeah. So I, I think uh, a good thing is I think uh, you know, like I can't wait to see what the, the schedule. Any team that gets to play them, you get a good you get a good chance at winning. So exactly. Good good on the people who have the Texans on their schedule. Um, because you let go of J.J. Watt. He was so fed up. Well, see, that my, I think I don't think it was a mistake that they got rid of J.J. Watt because they needed the cap space, and I mm-hmm. think that cleared out a lot of cap for them. I think the mistake with J.J. Watt was you could have probably got value for him. True. You could have probably renegotiated his contract, gave him like a signing bonus, converted some of that money, and got maybe a third rounder. Mm-hmm. And, yes, you would have maybe had to eat a little bit more money to, when you got rid of him. But whoever was trading for him was probably going to give you a pick to get him on their roster at a cheap value. There you go. Basically, you're doing a contract dump. You're eating some of the salary to get a higher pick for that player. That's what I would have done. Um, that's what they should have done. But they didn't. Yes. Well, the Texans haven't hired me yet to run the— The, well, the, you know, the Texans, they, they like the Patriots guys, so good luck with that. Yes. So Texans, you know, Nico Collins, I didn't hate the the pick of Nico Collins, but I, I believe they even traded up for Nico Collins, too. So, again, you know, you're burning more picks. You kind of need every shot you could on that roster. Uh, I actually like Brevin Jordan, tight end out of uh, out of Miami. I, I thought he was a very good player. He had a bad pro day, so I think he dropped lower on teams' boards. You know, sometimes with pro days, I don't like pro days. I like to look at the tape. What the tape tells me, I'm going by the tape. Pro days for me is like, and he's also a run after catch tight end. Yeah. I, well, I think the other thing is, is his his build for tight end is not great. He is six two. He he didn't like people were expecting him from watching the tape to blow it out of the water because he is a very athletic tight end on tape. Mm-hmm. So you're right about one thing. Pro days are a snapshot. There's exactly. a reason why teams are moving away from pro days and using GPS da- data. From some of these teams. Now, I don't think they have it from every team, which is why pro days are still going to be utilized. But when you're, you know, you're taking shots on drafting guys like in the SEC or the ACC or the Big Ten, where they are using these, uh, where they probably are in using these GPS, uh, you know, trackers, mm-hmm. then yes, I think where you're gaining gaining this data information, I think you are probably better off using that because you're able to see their game speed and it's not just like this one hey take a shot of this test and see what happens kind of deal so can you break down gps data for those out there who don't may not know what it is so if you ever drove a car right and they Uh track your car uh or you ever like you want to know where the location is in your phone it's a little chip that goes on your phone Mm -hmm. uh well they do this they stick it on like your helmet or on your pads and they're able to you know they're taking shots from a satellite of how fast you're moving on the field 
Mm. And um, and now, granted, the frame rate of the GPS, so frame rate, like if you're watching a movie, right, you hear 24 frames per second or 30 frames per second. That's usually what they're shooting movies at. Mm-hmm. Most of these GPSs are not going that at that rate, which means that the data is not as refined as, say, the NFL. You ever watch NFL Next Gen Stats? Exactly. You're probably watching it. They probably have a higher frame rate of what their their GPS data is going at because, again, the way that you know they they're using you know more refined technology. They have millions mm-hmm. of dollars to put into this, and it's all being utilized ubiquitously throughout the whole NFL. Mm-hmm. College, not every college, uh, not every college campus has the same money to put towards this. They're not all using it in the same conferences. That would be the smart thing. If the NCAA actually wanted to do something nice and smart for everybody, they would work on trying to develop this GPS da- uh, data, and it would also get more people to go to these colleges and start trying out and trying to go ahead and go into the NFL and bring more attention to some colleges, maybe even lesser colleges as well. Exactly. So, um, I think that that's something that the NCAA should look at. Some of the conferences should look at, you know, especially if you're at a conference that has a lot of money, like uh, you know the SEC or the Big Ten or the Pac-12, where ACC. your ACC you have a lot. If your colleges already have a lot of money coming in, you could use that and then share it with everybody else and have them pay you a licensing fee to use this technology, this proprietary technology. That now they get to you know send to the NFL and their players get scouted. So listen, I, I think it's a, a very unique way that they might start doing it. Um, it still needs to be refined a bit more. Like I said, it's it's not at the level that like you know next gen stats is, but it's no. useful, still enough useful. So um, that's why there's a lot of talk about some of the teams utilizing that data a lot more. Um, what's the next team you want to talk about? Um, this this one for me is different because it wasn't bad. I just feel like they gave away a lot of picks to get players. Was the Seahawks? Seahawks. I the, I, I the love Seahawks the Seahawks. Picks wasn't bad at all, but I think because they didn't have enough. Easiest capital. one to cover. E- yeah. Easiest draft Dwayne class to cover. Three three guys: Dwayne Eskridge, uh, Stone Forsythe, and uh, Trey Brown out of Oklahoma. I, I and again, I got to cover those guys already because again, it was the first draft class. I went. They had three guys. We're doing this one first. Yeah, it was easy. Um, and I like all three players, so that was the good thing. I, I like Dwayne Eskridge. I think he might be a little underrated. Um, I went through the – actually, for, for what I do on the Draft Vice series, uh, for the individual teams, when I do it solo, mm-hmm. I go ahead and I watch all the, the GM and head coach interviews about the players, mm-hmm. and I already did the one on the Seahawks. And from the, what they were talking about with the usage for – you know, with uh, with Dwayne Eskridge and how Pete Carroll was describing it. Because keep in mind, their new offensive coordinator is coming from the Rams tree. Mm. And, again, how they were utilizing jet sweep motion last year. Mm. Uh, McVay was utilizing guys, you know, kind of getting them in motion, trying to create uh, – Space on the field. Trying to get space on the field, trying to create uh, – uh, issues for uh, for linebackers and their mm-hmm, reads and their mm-hmm, keys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with a guy like Dwayne Eskridge, you now have Dwayne Eskridge uh, – DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, all those guys are super fast. Yep. Super quick. Dwayne Eskridge ran in the six threes, uh, at, at six three forty, uh, six three something uh, four. I think it was a kind of what's the not six three four threes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm doing bad math there. No, no, no. I, I, I was thinking. We know what I was saying I was doing three cone times with with forties and stuff like that. <laughs> no, he ran in the four threes for, for yes for his forty. He's a very fast player. Um, he went down the Senior Bowl, showed out. One of my favorite players in this draft class. I think that he might get a little underrated. He might have some drop issues, but here and there. But I think that's fixable. I think it's correctable. Yeah, over time. 
And again, if you're getting balls thrown to you by Russell Wilson, it's different than when you're getting balls thrown to you at Western Michigan. I think mm -hmm. he could actually handle being on the outside. Um, I've seen him deal with press and proper press man coverage where they're utilizing jams at the line of scrimmage. Uh, CMU does it quite a bit, uh, Central Michigan. And I think that when I saw that on tape, I said, this guy can be an outside receiver. He could be the next Terry McLaurin. Mm. Um, Terry McLaurin was another one of those guys, I think. Went My like fantasy that. hero, by the way. Yes, dude. But again, it's a guy who went, like again, <laughs> second, third round range, yep. same range that this guy went in. And he went and he was, uh, but he ran this, the four threes. Mm -hmm. He was an older prospect like Dwayne Eskridge. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't utilized at his college a lot for production purposes. You oh, know, gosh. Dwayne Eskridge is relatively new. And what, what Terry McLaurin did when he was at, at Ohio State was he was the outside receiver, whereas they were targeting a lot of the, the inside receivers, the guys who were running crossers all the time. He was the one taking the top off the, the defense. And, but because everybody was getting separation you know, in the center of the field, it didn't really matter if Terry McLaurin's taking the top off the defense. Mm -hmm. um, both those guys, I think, they're, they're all – again, I think Dwayne Eskridge might be this year's Terry McLaurin. That would be my guess on it. Yeah. Um, who's again, uh, you know, with, and like I said, I like stone Forsyth. I think he actually could have went a lot higher than this, been a solid tackle for any team that took him, um, as like a mid round tackle kind of prospect. And then Norwood, I think will be a very good coverage player. I think it's a, you know, again, they had to add to that room. They lost, uh, Shaq Griffin to mm -hmm. Jacksonville. Yep. Um, they did sign, uh, oh, the, the San Francisco corner, not Emmanuel Mosley, the other Akilah Witherspoon. So they signed him in free agency to a one year, $4 million deal. They still have Trey Flowers. They still have um, DJ Reed, who they actually said DJ Reed was one of the reasons why they thought about Trey Brown because they're like, well, we saw a smaller guy deal with that on the outside. We don't mind uh, having smaller guys on the outside. And if we can't stick them on the outside, we could stick them on, in the slot. But now we have a good variety of, like, four guys deep that we kind of really like. Yeah, you know how the Seahawks do it. Yeah. And then after that, I think everybody really nailed their draft. There was no really draft that was like, oh, this is terrible. No, there was no terrible ones. There were, there were some very good ones, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. After that, everyone else really did their job. Like, I like the Jets draft, right? Yes. Elijah Vera And I had issues with the trade-up. I do. I didn't care much for trading up for Elijah Vera Tucker. But if you want your guy, you're going to go get it. Yeah, I, I get that aspect of it. Especially if you sat there and said, you know what? We think that Elijah Vera Tucker is of the quality of... Um, of Zach Martin and Quentin Nelson, that he's going to mm -hmm. bring an element to your offensive line that you just don't have to worry about. And he is he's probably close to that level good, at least coming out as far as prospect goes. Uh, he did play tackle last year. He's previously played guard. He'll probably line up on the left side of the line. So now you got Ooh. him and Becton on the left side oh of the line. Oh, my gosh. Now you just kind of got to figure out what you're doing for your center, right? You know, center will probably be Connor McGovern. Mm -hmm. Right guard, I don't know who's going to be right guard. It's going to be a plug-and-play guy. Maybe like well, this is why I had a problem with how they how they drafted a little bit, not really a lot because when you think I, I like all four, I like the top five picks for the Jets, right? Yes. Zach Wilson, I think, is a solid quarterback. I I am excited to see what he does at the NFL I, you level. Know, the Zach Wilson kid, man, I, I saw you at BYU play, and and you have the talent. The arm talent is not it's not like he's not there. You can clearly see it. Yes. Does it transition to NFL? I've seen guys with arm talent. I've seen the Jeff Joys. I've seen those guys. Kyle Bowlers. I've seen those guys. Will it transition to the NFL? Is only time will tell. Well, here's the thing with Zach Wilson, right? I will say the offense that he ran at BYU is very similar, probably to what Michael Lafleur is bringing over from uh, from the 49ers. Yeah, they ran a lot of outside the, zone. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go, yeah, you go. Um, talk, talk, talk your ish, talk your ish, Joe. Talk uh, your ish. I think my one major issue with Zach Wilson is frame and build and how he invites contact when he tries to break the pocket. 
he is very good at like the thing that I think they really liked about him. And I actually have already I have not done the Jets episode yet, but I have mm-hmm. actually watched the interviews with Sala and um and Joe Douglas. And one of the things they really liked about Zach Wilson was his ability to create off the script. When when the when the game goes kind of awry, he can make everything rework again, right? So he it's can, like a Russell Wilson type of magic he does. I would say or closer like closer to the Mahomes category than what Ooh. Russell Wilson does. More close to like what Baker Mayfield does off script. More okay, close okay. to what in fact I think that was maybe the better comp for him was maybe a combination of Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. Um the Baker Mayfield element being a little bit taller than those guys too, but he has like the Baker Mayfield Game's going off script. I'm going to make something out of this play kind of deal. I think he's a little bit more athletic than Baker Mayfield. I, okay. You know, I do think he has that. That's why I said with a little bit of Johnny Manziel to him. Also in the way he runs, in the way that he will go ahead and invite contact. And the problem is when you're playing at BYU, that's not a big deal because you're running over guys and taking contact from guys that are not that big. Mm-hmm. At the NFL level, that's going to be a bit a bit more of a headache. And it, and again, we're talking about guys who are, you know, again, BYU is, like, the guys that BYU were playing this year were not guys that he'd be playing even like if he was playing in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about, now we're talking about NFL players he's going to be running into, guys who are like. And they're going to take his head off. Well, imagine he runs into Zayvon Collins like that. He's going to he's gonna get, you know, 270 pounds of Zayvon Collins in your face is not fun. No. So I, I like Zach Wilson. I like the way he plays. I like his ball placement, his pocket presence. I think he has the best pocket mobility and pocket presence in this draft class. Well, well, so those things I really like. Okay. Um, well, I, I want to see what his future holds. And I, he probably had to hit the rape room and get a little more size on him to take the beating. Well, yeah, he's, that's the issue is, is the size. Is He's a little slight. Now, granted, size itself does not make you an injury risk. Mm-hmm. He has to make sure he does not do what he did in college where he runs into guys thinking he can bulldoze a linebacker thinking he's Josh Allen. And he will not. Because Josh Allen's got 20 or 30 pounds on him and also a couple of inches as well. Yeah. So yeah, he's got a, he, can't, he can't do what Josh Allen was doing his first year where he's just running into dudes. And, and, and putting the stiff arm out. So. Now, I think they surround him with a lot of good oh, weapons. Oh, yes, they did. They did. So they did. that's where the ha- second half of this draft class goes kind of nice, right? They yeah. went ahead. They took Elijah Veritaker. They took Elijah Moore. They, they cornered the market on the Elijahs. Uh, all different spellings, too. Elijah yeah. Vera Tucker has the A. Uh, Elijah Moore, one yes, of my favorite yeah. players, has it with an E. See, um, and it, it, it's funny because, you know, Walt and I went in a, a group chat, and I said, if they can get that kid uh, that the, 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 the Bears took and put him on the old line. Because I like, I like Tevin the, Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins. Yes, I did. They would have gotten players. him at the right guard position. Oh. I didn't care who you would have drafted as your slot guy, but you needed, you needed weapons for the kid. Because you need speed. And yeah. what Elijah Moore brings a level of speed that nobody else on the Jets have. Like, no. Denzel Mims tested fast. I'm not quite sure his game tape is that fast. No, he, it wasn't fast at all. And you have a lot of possession guys on, on the roster for the Jets. So you needed somebody to blow the top off. Yeah, this is uh, Elijah Moore's got good speed and like again, good run after the catch ability, good contested catch ability, good hands, and he's going to be. I, I think he is, you know, somewhere in that Debo Samuel to Brandon Cooks combination. Like if mm-hmm. you took pieces of their their ability, the Brandon Cooks ability to take the top off the defense, the the Debo Samuel run after catch ability, you take those aspects to him. I liked him a lot as a player. I think they got a steal at thirty four. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I like I, I like Elijah Moore a lot, and then. I, I like that kid though from the bench. Oh no, I guess. But that was see, but that was the issue with trading up from twenty three. They could mm-hmm. have gotten Tevin Jenkins and Wyatt Davis, and because the 
think about it with 66, right? So say they didn't have to trade off. They could have kept 23, right? At 23, you could have taken Tevin Jenkins. Mm -hmm. At 34, you could have taken Elijah Moore. At 66, you could have taken Wyatt Davis. Or, by the way, the pick that the Vikings took Wyatt Davis with was the pick that they got from the the second third-round pick that they got from the Jets. Mm -hmm. So you could have taken Wyatt Davis to be your other guard. You could have taken... You know, uh, Quinn, uh, Quinn Miners out of uh, uh, Whitewater. So, again, that was the guy who blew up the Senior Bowl, who I think is going to be a very good zone-blocking center. They could have maybe moved McGovern over to guard. They had a lot of options at, again, getting rid of those two third-rounders. Now, one of those third-rounders was a pick swap with their fourth-rounder from mm -hmm. the Vikings. But that 66th pick, man, that could have been a real player. And the thing... And I think that was a very big deal for yeah, me. That, yeah, that's yeah. why I have, I get, and believe me, I totally buy it. I understand the argument. And listen, if somebody, I'm just saying that's not what I would have done. I totally get Joe Douglas doing it, trading up for Elijah Vera Tucker. It might work out better than I could ever imagine. Yeah. Having that level of an offensive line. I think, I just think I would rather have the multiple shots of Tevin Jenkins and Wyatt Davis. And if you want Creed Humphrey or Quentin Miners, you had those extra picks to spend on it. But hey, I totally you let the get it. come towards you. You don't go out and reach it. But like I told him earlier, like if you really want that guy, you're going to go up and get him. So yeah. they went and got him. I, I don't blame. It wasn't bad for me because I like, I like to mess. I'm like, his tape is not that bad. No, he wasn't. He was not bad. Oh, no, uh, listen, Elijah Vera Tucker is a very good player. Mm -hmm. And Joe Douglas said that that was a top 10 player on their board. So and when they made the decision that when he fell, if he fell out of the top 10, they'd go get him. If there a guy go. who's in their top 10 was available, they would trade up from 23 to go get a top 10 guy on their board. He was one of those guys. They went up. They grabbed him. And you know what? Fine. You know what? If that's the deal you made and that's what you wanted to do. You can figure out right guard. Maybe they sign Trey Turner in free agency because he's still available. Maybe they they like what they have on the roster with who they drafted the last couple of years mm -hmm. and see maybe what they have at right guard. Or maybe they move Elijah. I would almost rather have Elijah Vera Tucker, even though he's played primarily on the left side. I would rather move him to the right side because right guard is a more important position typically for teams than, than left, left guard. Because yeah. um, usually that is the part where – that's usually if you have a right-handed quarterback, right guard is one of the – more important positions on the offensive line because that is where your vision is. You you want your guard that's in front of you that's on your right side to be, you know, giving you that ability to throw over the the offensive line. And you want your left tackle and you want your right guard to be the, some of your better players. So uh, that's why usually your best guard is your right guard and your best tackle is your left tackle. The yeah. blind side covers you on one side, and then you want to be able to see over the offensive line down on this side. We'll, so We'll see. We'll see. And then, like I said, the, the, the Jets – I feel like I'm skipping around, but whatever. The Jets, to me, was like, all right, you know what? I'm actually going to finally see what Joe Douglas is about. Yeah. Because you know who we had before as our head coach? I don't need to say any more. <laughs> good good written to that guy. Well, I, like I said, I like Robert Sala. I, I think he's really good. Um, I like the coaching staff he's brought in. I like that he brought LaFleur. He brought the old offensive line coach from uh, the 49ers. I definitely think, like, if you're taking LeVera Tucker at 14, he's not a bust, at least. No, like, there's a risk that guys that you take later on are going to be more likely to bust. Um, I like uh, Michael Carter, who they took in the fourth round. Uh, it, you know, think about it. Guys who, you know, think of That's all the, the other. running back, right? Yeah, it was a yeah. running back. He was the guy that played with the other running back in North Carolina. And they just yeah, ran. Yeah, Javante they, Williams. They ran. Their boys can run. Yeah. From North Carolina. I'm like, whoo. I think they had a tape when they had like 200 yards a piece. Yeah, he was he was good. He's, the, he's the better game, pass right? catcher too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, whoa, all right, okay. I see what you guys are doing at the Jets. You, you're making it basically San Fran West East Coast. So I see what you're doing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have a good eye on what the Jets are gonna have the future holds because 
it seems like a whole culture shift from the Gates onto the Robert Salah and Lafleur era. So we're going to see. We're going to see. And I like what they did with Sherwood and Hamza Nazardine, and I think they're going to be playing them closer to linebacker, like a linebacker-safety hybrid kind mm-hmm. of deal. Um, again, the interview with Salah, he even hinted at that. He called them linebackers, and he he made a very good point where the different, the distinction between box safety and linebackers not a lot. So mm-hmm. I kind of like what I got from the interviews with him. I like so. Robert Salah, too, as a head coach for the Jets. I think he was it was about time. And then the the second Michael Carter they drafted, the cornerback from Duke, they mm-hmm. might be playing him more at free safety, mm-hmm. was what I got from there. But interview. then they already have, um, oh my gosh. Well, he's more of a backup. Like, yeah, yeah, they, 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 have they have Marcus really, May. Yeah, yeah. And Marcus May really showed out. I didn't really, you know, when when it was him and Jamal Adams at the backfield, it was mostly Jamal Adams with the dirty work. And Mark, Marcus May was like the, the quiet eraser. But when they let Adams go, you saw Marcus May really shine out. I said, okay, yeah. this guy is really is a stud. Because they got him with the second second pick, right? Second round pick, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, No, he's turned into a great player for them. Yeah, they yeah. also have Ashton Davis, who they drafted last year. So, again, they have a lot of guys who I, I think they're looking for versatility. Like, maybe they want to play Michael Carter as kind of a quasi, like, free safety but also slot corner hybrid mm-hmm. kind of deal. So, I think there's they, they have a plan for how they want to utilize these guys. Is it me or does it seem like the NFL is starting to get into, like, the only way you can play in the league, you got to be multifaceted? I feel like a lot of these players are multifaceted. Like, for example, the New England way. New England yes. Patriots is the one who gave the blueprint of like, if you look at what the what the Patriots do, a lot of their their their, their edge rushers either have their hands up on the dirt, and yeah. they can do both really really well. So, so, so since we're on the the Patriots, right? Because you know what, oh I, we gosh. both wanted to talk about their their draft class. Oh Let's gosh. bring them up because you know what? I I, 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 I love I'm sick. I'm sick. Can I can I can I go here? Yes. Can I go off now? Yes, go off. Why are you guys letting Bill Belichick do this every year? He does it every year. Stop! Stop! <laughs> Stop letting him do this. I'm sorry, I'm yelling on the mic. Stop it! <laughs> you let him get Mac Jones. Why? Why? He got, he got Mac Jones. You Christian... gotta get Bartmore too. Are get... you kidding me? Do you know there's gonna be on that line to face that squad? Do you realize what is going to happen to people with a motivated New England Patriots squad that everyone written off with the all-season requirements, with the, what they have in the draft? Come on! Barmore and Perkins, and I, you know, if there's somebody who's going to make Ronnie Perkins a good player, it's you know it's what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen with the Patriots. You know what's going to happen. They're going to be utilizing Ronnie Perkins and dropping, and, and they'll go ahead and rush him. And, again, a guy who's got a build that's a little awkward. If this was a perfect – Ronnie Perkins oh and Barmore going to, to the Patriots, it should have been written in stone before the draft. Like, everybody was saying that Barmore was going in the top 15, top 20, and he ends up dropping out of the first round, goes to the Patriots. Couldn't have been a better situation for our buddy Barmore. Do you realize what Bill Belichick is going to be talking in Barmore's ear every day? To you motivate the this second kid, round, kid. To motivate this guy to wreak havoc on the field. Thirty-two teams passed up on you. You better make them regret it. He's not even gonna say that. He's like, yeah, your first, your second round pick, and walk off. And this kid's gonna be fuming on the field. So imagine what you're gonna have with this squad. That's why that game against the Bucks. I'm telling you right now. Mark my word. Somebody scoring forty. Somebody scoring forty in that point in that game. It could be the Bucks. It could be the Pat. Somebody's gonna score forty, and someone's gonna get hurt. It's gonna they're gonna take it real personal between te- between Tom Brady and Bill. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Now, if there's one issue I have with this draft, right, it is they I'm did sorry. not take 
a wide receiver until the seventh round in Trey Nixon at a UCF. Uh, you know, Bill. Bill's gonna he's gonna figure out what to do. With this guy, he, that might be the, the next uh, slack guy, Julian Edelman. We don't know. I, I don't know. I think there was some. Now they'll they'll probably they'll, well no what they'll probably do is trade a second round pick next year for Julio Jones. Listen to me. Listen to me. Goddamn. Listen to me. <laughs> do not let Bill get what he wants. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Atlanta. Don't do it. He's going to clear all their cap out. Atlanta, like, don't do it. Don't let Bill call you up, butter you up, and say, listen, I'll give you a second in this guy. Al- you know, Atlanta, you, you, wanna... you, you want to? You want Because, you know, who doesn't want to be there anymore? And we can surely use him. So let's, let's just make it work. Atlanta, you didn't get a lot of corners this year, right? We yeah. got a corner who's a little bit older, but might fit your scheme and, and Stephon Gilmore. We got J.C. Jackson on our roster. You know that he's going to do that. Oh, yeah. Gilmore, I'm, I, I'm surprised that Gilmore's still on the roster right now. To be honest, I'm sorry. Well, they're saving him for the Julio Jones trade. That's what they're going to do, though. Listen, listen, uh, you know, Atlanta, listen, what we'll do is we'll, we'll get a little bit of the cap for you, right? We'll, we'll take a little bit more off the top. You could pay him $5 million this year. We get Julio, right? And we give you maybe a second or a third rounder next year down the line. And then we get our star receiver to give to our buddy Mac Jones. And while Mac Jones is sitting, we get to pair up two former NFC South uh, champions in, uh, or well, they almost could have been champions. They could have been Super Bowl champions, but we beat both. We beat the the Falcons and the Denver Broncos. Beat the Panthers. Um, but now we will unite Cam Newton with Julio Jones and go to the playoffs. And we'll have uh, Mac Jones sitting behind, learning from the Jones and the Cam Newtons. I yes, I think we've I think we've pr- cracked the code. Bill Belichick, because he likes those older dudes, right? Know, he tra- and he has no problem trading away second and third round picks because no. he knows he'll recoup them eventually. Exactly. It, 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 it's funny because in the group chat, um, shout out DJ Cram, and he he's like, "Are you like a closet Belichick?" Fan? I said, "No." I think for me, over time, you respect him. I respect this guy. He's a genius, and and watching the table two bills, watching because you know Bill Parcell and Bill Belichick, we got to learn the history about those two guys. Watching that dynamic work, I said, man, I like this guy even more. Because we forget that Bill Bel- Bill Belichick helped the Giants win those Super Bowls. Yeah. Uh, listen. Uh, you forget I mean, about that. You know that, right? Yeah. I, I Know your history. Yeah. Uh, listen, I think that people underrate Bill Belichick, even as he is called the greatest head coach of all time. Like, it's it's such a weird thing. And people are like, oh, he's done. Oh, it was always Tom Brady. And I think I he's watch. looking at it. He's like, watch. listen. We have all this extra money. We're gonna throw it like, like we're gonna watch. throw in a badass party. Watch, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Listen, that there. AFC East, because like I, you know, that AFC East might look like the AFC North how it is right now. Like somebody in that division is gonna be going like seven and nine, eight and nine. You know what? No, it's eight and nine, right? Yeah, eight, yeah, nine, eight, eight, nine, 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 nine and eight, eight and nine, or seven now. and ten, or something like that. And they're gonna be like a strong out. So don't sleep on what's gonna happen that whole division. I think personally, my Jets, but hey, whatever. I think the Jets have one more year of growing. I yeah. think they will probably be an eight and nine team. Yeah, yeah, they, they're gonna. They're, I think the Jets are the bottom, but don't pencil them in like, oh, it's the easy win because I don't think so. No, it's not, not with Salah and that that whole crew over there, and, and Joe Douglas and, running things yeah, down there. Finally, I think, I think, finally, finally. Well, also they don't have corners. Like that was the one issue I have with the Jets. Right? They didn't. They didn't draft a corner. They didn't. They didn't sign any corners. They said, what are corners? They have a bunch of safeties. They drafted, like, Michael Carter. They drafted a couple of random corners on day three. But, like, they really didn't make that a priority, which was one of the issues I had with the Jets draft. Because, again, 
Like it wasn't like there weren't any corners they could have that maybe would have fit that scheme. Like a Fetu Malafamu went in the third round, like late third round. Paulson Adiba went in the third round. Uh, Benjamin St. Juice, I think, went like second, third round area. So again, there was a lot of corners that they could have went after that and they would have fit their scheme. Two is, is the Jets don't. I don't. They don't have really an edge rusher. Like a guy to say, go get the, that guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was a weird That's thing. That's always been their that history. Was, uh, never really had a, a guy to say, you go get him. I thought they were going to target edge rusher in this draft class. But they I, didn't. No. Um, not, I, I don't even know. If, did they take one or not? I got to check No, they again. didn't take one at all. So, yeah, again, the, the Jets. Um, it might be a scheme thing. They might get around to get that guy open, but we don't know yet. Well, again, they, they signed guys in free agency. They yeah. got Vinnie Curry, Carl Lawson. They have uh, Quinn and Williams. They signed Sheldon Rankin. So I think they put a lot of emphasis on getting D. Lyman in there. And maybe they'll find some guys. Maybe they'll sign like Melvin Ingram or some other cheap dudes that might be out there. Ingram's still floating out there for Melvin real? Melvin Ingram is still out there, I know. Really? From the Chargers? Yeah. Wow. And no one signed him yet? I'm sure the Colts are checking in, but the Colts also just drafted Quiddy Pay, so I think they're more inclined to I sign like it too. and all kinds of yes. I like to. I like, I like to Quiddy Pay he, a lot. He he's another guy that to me I don't know if you know his back straight, but that he's a scary guy too. He used to play running back, and then all of a sudden he's playing edge rusher, yeah. and he's like, and he's built like a, a bowling ball of knives. Yeah, and then you know, it, it, with, with his history with his mom, and you know, coming from Liberia, man, that that's a sad story with him. But he's a guy I'm like he's motivated. He's good too. Like he's again, good. he's very, he, very. Don't let um, the tape fool you with what Michigan did because Michigan, you know, hardball. Again, I. <laughs> but that's <laughs> another guy who I, if I was maybe if I was the Jets, I would be I would have been looking at. But you know what? I get what they wanted to do here. They wanted to build around their quarterback, give mm-hmm. him everything to succeed. Succeed, yes. And I think you, that was a mistake they made with Sam Darnold the first time. Mm-hmm. And they have two firsts and two seconds next year, so. When they get an idea what their offense is, they'll look at their their team. They go, okay, next year's the defensive build. Okay, and I think that's their plan. I think they have an idea of what they want to do. Once they have an idea of, okay, maybe we need to still figure out right guard next year or this year. Maybe they'll trade for guard. There's still guys. There's still teams that have like I, I know the I know there's teams out there that have a lot of offensive line depth that might be willing to trade. That maybe are looking to you know acquire defensive line talent or corner talent mm-hmm. or safety talent. So again, there's, there's teams out there that I think they might be able to trade with. Um, let's go to another team. We we talked plenty about uh, the Jets sorry, and the sorry, Patriots. Jets. You know, I'm sorry, I, I had to go there. I think the the team, another team that did well, we did your your uh, your, your Browns. Yes, they did. Very um, well. the Vikings, low key to me. I like the Vikings. Low I, key, they had like okay, like you hit out the park, you addressed your needs. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't like the 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 home run, but you you can remember last year they had a lot of holes. They did well, and so here's the thing: I thought they were really going to address edge rusher early, and I think if Quiddy Pay didn't go to the Colts, because remember they traded back, they got those extra third rounders. Exactly. I think that was a big deal for them. They traded back, they move all the way to the back of the first round, and then uh, Quiddy Pay goes like two spots before they draft. I think uh, Jalen Phillips goes 18 overall. So they're sitting there going, "Look, well, the top two edge rushers are off the board." Uh, they didn't. Re- I guess they didn't really like Jason Owe. I thought Jason Owe would have been a good fit for them as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but again, so they didn't take an edge rusher. Instead, they took C- Christian Darrisaw out of Virginia Tech, a guy who they mm-hmm. might have been thinking of taking at 14 anyway. Mm-hmm. So they get him. They take Kellen Mond at 66 overall, top of the third round, which I thought was a little weird. I don't mind it because I think I think they only have two more years of Kirk Cousins under contract. <laughs> And listen, if this guy develops, kid for Kirk, baby. <laughs> listen, if this guy develops, you let Kirk walk in free agency. Like he always does, and and he gets paid. 
and, and yeah, he'll go get paid by somebody else. You'll recoup a comp pick from him. Mm-hmm. You now have a cheaper quarterback to deal with if Kellen Mond develops, and I think Kellen Mond can develop. Um, and, and then the rest of their draft was kind of interesting. They took a lot of shots, right? Chaz yeah. Surratt out of North Carolina, kind of a uh, more of a coverage linebacker kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Wyatt Davis, who a guy who if he if they take Wyatt if they take Wyatt Davis where they took Kellen Mond, I would have been fine. So, again, they get a right guard to pair up with their left tackle. They have Ezra Cleveland, who they drafted last year, who they played at left guard. He played well at left guard. They have Brian O'Neill, who they drafted two years ago or three years ago. He's playing right tackle for them. They'll probably extend uh, Brian O'Neill eventually. Mm -hmm. So they're fixing their offensive line. The only issue they really have on offensive line now, uh, as far as going forward, is center. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Garrett Bradbury. I think he has that that issue of he's not a good pass-blocking center. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Just listen, you know, outside run outside zone with them all the time, and you'll be fine. But uh, if you have to actually drop back and pass, well, at least now you have other guys on your offensive line who could pass block. Um, but I do think they have to fix that issue. That's why I think Quinn and Miners could should have been on their list as well because I think he would be a better version of Garrett Bradbury. But to me, the the, the Vikings on the outside never had the issue because you already had Justin Jefferson. That was a steal for me. No wide receiver, they were. They, I think they, set, they were. They don't need anybody for wide receiver. I mean, they still should have maybe addressed it. They didn't take a wide receiver until round five with Emir Smith Marset. Mm-hmm. I think they could have went earlier on that mainly, but again, I don't, I don't hate any of the picks they took no. in the third round because they had four third round picks. I well, okay, one I didn't like. I didn't like Patrick Jones out of Pittsburgh. I, I was not a huge fan of Patrick Jones coming up. Uh, I don't think he's a bad pick for them. But I wasn't a huge fan of the pick, so. But again, I think they'll be fine. I think their first, I think their first five picks were totally reasonable picks. Yep. Um, you know they they wanted to adjust edge. Uh, Janarius Robinson out of Florida State, round four. I thought that was a very good pick. So they take two shots on edge rushers in the mid rounds to you know some pair up with Daniel Hunter with Janarius Robinson and Patrick Jones. I think that's fine, they, and they also took Jalen Twyman like in round six. I'm not overly eager about him, um, but overall, like I, again, I think they took a lot of shots. Again, the, the extra thirds and fourth round picks, I think, very much helped them. Yes, it does. Um, I, I, the Kellen Mond thing, I did think it was funny that RG three went on like went on TV, was doing an interview, and was like, "Listen." Uh, like he actually was like giving his like they like kind of talking down on Kirk Cousins. Like, hey, he's not liking this. Now, of course, he doesn't like this. He wants to cash his paychecks. He doesn't. And like, I kind of felt like it was a little bit of salt from a former teammate. <laughs> like, you're just mad he took your job because like no and matter he what, perform better than you. Yeah, like Kirk Cousins is gonna have a job after the Vikings. Yeah, like if if he doesn't re-sign with the Vikings, he's going somewhere else and getting a job. Exactly. He might not get forty million dollars a year again, or maybe he will, but he's gonna have a job. I, I call Kirk Cousins. You are the new Sam Bradford. Wherever you Better go. than Bradford, though. No, no, like, well, he's not the injury mean, concerns no, of Bradford, I mean, but yes. Like, no, oh, hear me out. I'm not disrespecting when I call you like Sam Bradford, like that you are walking, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, tinder sticks. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying that everywhere you go, you get paid. Because yes. Sam Bradford, wherever you went, he got paid. One of the high. Yes, he, he made so much money in the NFL. Yeah. Chase Daniels, too. I don't know how yeah. that guy made money. So He's and, never played a snap, either. He no, just he makes just money as a backup. backup. And he gets paid. So there's nothing wrong when I say that. Kirk Cousins, you're going to get paid for like the next five, ten years. Yeah. So, um, I, I listen. He'll he'll go somewhere else and he'll make money yeah. somewhere else. And that I I don't think he's worried about Kellen Mond. No. No. Um. Overall, again, like the Vikings, like I agree with you. I think the Vikings had a very solid draft. Um. They also had some weird off the field issue with their first round pick last year. 
uh, Jeff Gladney. So they might ha- they might be short a corner. I know they didn't pick up Mike Hughes's uh, fifth year option. So they uh, maybe they should have addressed corner a little bit sooner. But I don't I don't hate what they did on their draft. I like a lot of the guys they picked. So it didn't feel like they were reaching. I, I, the, the next one for me. Are, are we going to the next one? Yeah. Okay. The next one for me, it's it's is a praise and celebration. It's a praise and celebration. Chicago Bears. Oh, that, yes. I can't believe we ha- it took us this long to get to the Th- Bears. Thank you, Lord. Yes. You finally seen the lights. It's about time. They took a very accurate, good, <laughs> mobile quarterback you know, hey, in Justin Fields. Hey, this is the best quarterback they've had in know, like thirty years. Hey, hey. You guys should be doing cartwheels right about now. Allen Robinson must be happy. He's uh, like, wait, uh, somebody who can accurately throw a football? Yes, yes. Dear God. Yes. Oh, my God. He's not going to have Mike that Wilbon, Nick problem. Mike Wilbon went on on, on Twitter with was, was, was so much joy and, and jubilation. <laughs> Wilbon was – I felt so happy for him. Like, Chicago, every year it just seems like they're just one guy away. And you finally got it now. Yeah. And then you went back and got the tackle who I loved. Yes, Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins. So, you got a nat- – he, to me, is epitomized with Chicago's about – He's gonna be the guy that you guys are gonna love because he's nasty. He's like he's really barnyard nasty, filthy. Like don't touch my guy. Nah, I-, I love him. I love him too. Now here's my problem though. They cut Jared uh, Charles Leno this week, so the left uh. tackle. So here is when I was walking into this after the draft, I went, oh, this is great. They have him and Jermaine Effetti, so if one of them doesn't work out, they have one of them to be the backup, and they still have Charles Leno, who's like a solid left tackle. Well, they cut Leno, and they said, Tevin Jenkins, you're playing left tackle. Woo! Which is weird, because if you ever watched uh, Jenkins' Wasn't tape... He was on the right side, right? Yeah, he's he played majority right tackle. I think he took about, I think, 20% of his snaps were at left tackle. At different points, I think they moved him over to left tackle at certain... Why does uh, it help out? Well, I think some of it might be, like, certain years, like, somebody gets injured, you swap him over to the left side or mm-hmm. whatever. So, um, he's played some snaps at left tackle, but his general side that he's played is the right, side. right side, right tackle, which I thought it was going to be, like, a camp battle oh, between him go. and Jermaine Effetti to be go. the right tackle. Chicago, you disappointed me again. Yeah, that worries me a bit. Now, listen, there's a lot of tackles that are on the market, so there's still Dennis Kelly out there. There's still Russell Okung out there. What? He's still out there, too? He's still out there. Now, there are other, there are other teams that are interested in tackles, too. Um, the Colts are interested in tackles. I think they've called Dennis Kelly and, um, and Charles Leno. Uh, keep in mind, the Bears already cut Bobby Massey their right tackle because they were like, well, we have Jermaine Effetti. We felt like Effetti played better than Bobby Massey. So we'll draft a guy and we'll also keep, you know, we'll, we'll keep Effetti on. A little risky of a move, I think, but okay. It, but- so they, they could still address it. There's still guys out there. There's still mm-hmm. time. Uh, they could always bring back one of those former tackles of theirs, but I, I don't think they plan on bringing back Leno. Uh, I think Leno's going to probably sign with the Colts, and I would guess Dennis Kelly or or Massey would be the other one to sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Okung is still out there somewhere doing something. I don't know what he's. How been old is he now? He's got to be getting it. He's got to be in his thirties at this he's, point. He's getting long in the tooth, right? Yeah, but also tackle, you can be in your thirties and play pretty solid. There's yeah. also Jason Peters is almost forty, and he was at least kind of playing yeah. the last couple years. <laughs> So, you know, Jason Peters is still out there. They could always go ahead and pull him in to play. Like, I'd be a backup tackle for them. There's options. There's still options out there. Um, but like you said, the top two guys that they t- they took. Yeah, um, I loved it. I, I loved it. And I they got it. they made sure they got them, right? Yeah. Justin Fields, Tevin Jenks, trade up for both. They took Larry Boron, uh, Barome in the, from Missouri in the fifth round. So maybe they're looking at him to be their swing tackle. 
I kind of like the Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech pick. I think he's got a he's got a little bit of he's like a smaller Kareem Hunt kind of deal to him. I kind of I don't mind it. I kind of like you know good contact balance. Not a not a big big back, but I think he'll be solid for them. Um, Daz Newsom again. There was a lot of talk up until now. I think there's a lot of talk they might trade Anthony Miller, and I think that's kind of gone away a bit now that they got. Um, uh, now that they have Justin Fields, mm-hmm. they they I think they signed Marquise Goodwin in free agency. Ooh, that's nice. Um, there was the guy that they drafted. I keep forgetting his name in the fifth round last year, fourth round last year. They took a wide receiver who also has a lot of speed to him. They got a lot of track stars on that team, and I, they just signed Amir Bird, formerly of the 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 Patriots and of the Arizona Cardinals and a few mm-hmm. other teams. But he's another guy with speed, so they're looking to get a lot of speed guys on that roster. Looks like uh, between Goodwin, Amir Bird. Um, Newsom's not a speed guy. He, I think, it's weird. He tested not that great, but he did look like kind of a more, uh, uh, he was on the same team as, uh, uh, no, the, well, yeah, I think it was Carter. He was on the same team as, uh, he's from North Carolina, right? Yeah. Michael Carter and Javante Williams. I was thinking the other wide receiver who went earlier, um, who went to the Washington football team, who also, I think had a very good draft. So we'll talk about them for in a minute or two. We can get to them too. Um, Brown, Diami Brown is the other guy. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're watching Diami Brown, you might have also saw Daz Newsom. He was uh he was on a lot of the tape, and I kind of like what you know Daz Newsom did. He's not going to be a star, but I think he's a solid role player, um solid a, slot a guy. Solid for, yeah, he's receiver a, three, four. He's going to do put him work. Yeah, so if they do still end up trading Anthony Miller down the line. Um, they, you know, it looks like, you know, we'll see in camp. I think we're going to see a lot of movement this year in camp. Last year, we didn't see any movement in camp because you didn't have, um, the OTAs. Well, you didn't have OTAs. Uh, it was a lot harder to trade guys. You also didn't have the opportunity of seeing guys in the preseason. I think they are going to have a preseason this year, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. With that. Is, is, is it a two game preseason or three? I think it's only two, but I could yeah. be entirely wrong on that because that's one of those things that I will not know until I, I, I don't pay attention as much to the preseason, just more of to see, oh, how are the new guys looking like when they get them out there on the field? So, I, I believe when they when they added this the one game, they took off two games for preseason. So I think it might be only two games this year for preseason. So we'll find out. Yeah, because you know the the owners are like, hey, we need one more preseason game to to compensate. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they want to be able to. Well, they want to be able to sell tickets and make yeah. money off of it. So, you know and, uh, also, two other guys that they talk about. They were their later picks. Thomas Graham out of Oregon. I think that was actually a good pickup by them. They could have taken him way earlier. Uh, good solid outside corner. Um, he probably could have went way earlier than this. I kind of dug his tape a little bit. Um, you know, they did get rid of Kyle Fuller, so they kind of... Oh, man, that, that that one hurts. Um, I guess they really do like Jalen Smith, who... Uh, is it Jalen Smith, Jalen Samuels? They, the corner that they drafted last year in the second round, he actually performed pretty well for them. Um, and then Kyrie Song out of BYU, I actually didn't mind either as a, as a late-round D-line pick. Um, let's talk Washington, because since yeah. we're on the subject of, of draft classes, I kind of liked Washington's draft class kind of sneakily. Washington is, is sneakily scary, too, as well. Because, like, you know, depending on who you are, you might not be a huge fan of Jameen Davis in the first round. But if Ron Rivera likes you at linebacker, I think that's a good Listen, sign. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yes. Ron Rivera took a guy in the seventh round, Cameron Cole, mm-hmm. and became a stud for that defense. Yes. So when Ron likes you, let Ron do it. Because I was going to ask you, who do you think is going to be this year's, like, late pick steal? Oh. We're going to ask at the end, and you let me know because – I didn't see this kid coming out of nowhere, Cameron Curl, mm-hmm. the way how he did. And you look at this guy's tape. This kid, 
I'm, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> uh, Landon Collins. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Count your blessings. Bye-bye. Well, I think Landon Collins got one more year on his deal. Bye-bye. And they'll, then they'll get rid of him eventually. Bye-bye, Landon Collins. Listen, just come back home. Come back home. Go back to the Giants. Go back. We'll, I think they'll trade him to somewhere before yeah. they let him go back to the Giants. Bye-bye. Because he took your spot, and he show out. He showed out. Yeah, so they, they, they find ways of, like, if – when it comes to defense, especially because you have Jack Del Rio and uh, and Ron, uh, Ron Rivera there, they know linebackers mm -hmm. very well, and they know mm -hmm. athletic linebackers very well. Remember, mm -hmm. you know Luke Keekley, uh, Thomas Davis, they know those guys yes, very they well. Do. Uh, Shaq, uh, Shaq Thompson, they had as well. They they had very good linebackers uh, when they were in uh, Carolina. Uh, and throughout the history, yeah. the two of them. So, and remember, Ron was a linebacker himself. Yeah, both of yeah. them were. So, so uh, that's why Jameen Davis, four fours. By the way, he his the, his best tape came against Kyle Pitts, the guy who went number four overall in this draft class. Ooh, he was one of the two guys Atlanta to too. shut him down. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about Atlanta. Uh, he was one of the two guys to shut him down. I think they were very eager to get him in the building um, to get a very athletic linebacker behind their very stout front four or front seven. Now they have a stout front seven. I think that was the idea. Yeah. Um, had a very good year. I think some people are a little bit worried about, you know, like why hadn't he played until this point? Why was he at a, why was this kind of one year wonder? But I think I don't mind it again. I think linebacker is a position that is sometimes hard to scout. So mm -hmm. some people, if they could scout it well, I'm going to trust their opinion on it. I, I like this kid because, like you said, he was like a silent, silent kind of guy. Kinda he came guy. out of nowhere. Like, people didn't know about him, yeah. and then he blew up his pro day, and then there was like, he's going in the first round. <laughs> and ran in the 4-4s, very athletic. Um, you know, again, he has that ability to be that difference maker at linebacker, mm -hmm. I think, for them. So I, I, I kind of like the pickup for them. He, you know, especially if you're playing guys who are, uh, you know, you need to be, uh, your, your front four are going to keep the guys off of you, right? Because you yep. have my, Matt Ioannidis and John Allen and um and Hand and and uh, and Chase Young and Montez Sweat. and Those two right there, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, my God. You got a deep defensive line rotation that is very good, and now you just wanted that one linebacker who can be very good in coverage, but also very good in you know Sticking run support. Sticking his nose in there. Yeah, so I think they dig what he can do. Um, but I think what really sold me on their draft class was day two. Mm -hmm. uh, Samuel Cosme out of Texas, Benjamin St. Juice out of Minnesota, Diami Brown, all three of those guys I really liked. Um, I'm interested to see how they want to use Benjamin St. Juice because – if I think they might start playing a lot more press co press man coverage. Mm -hmm. From what I've seen, you know, they they signed William Jackson the third in free agency. They bring in Benjamin St. Juiced. It if they're not playing more press man coverage, I'd be a little worried. But well, not with Benjamin St. Juiced, but more with William Jackson because mm -hmm. that's exactly what he did well. Um, and I think you can kind of do a lot with Benjamin St. Juice if you coach him up in that regard to get him to be a press man corner. They still, I think, have uh, Fuller and Moreau on that roster. They still have a solid cornerback room. Diami Brown, to add Diami Brown already to a receiving room of Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin. You know, people were talking about him being a top 50 pick, and oh, they got Curtis him. Curtis Samuel's over there now, too? Yes. So now you have Diami Brown on one side of the field. You, you know, he will he could be your uh, split end. Uh you know, now you have Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. It's no longer key in on Terry McLaurin week. Good luck. Terry McLaurin is going to get freed up a little bit yes, more. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. This is great. And I love it for this, Terry. They still have that, that tight end over there, too. So, wow. Logan Thomas, yes. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so who is is it? Is their starting quarterback going to be Fitzpatrick and the other kid? What's the kid name? I think it's going to be start. I think they're going to start with Fitzpatrick and then Taylor Heineke. They'll give him a couple of shots to do it. And this was 
I think they would have looked at quarterback if one of those day two guys fell a little bit. Mm -hmm. They went right off the board. Like they again, like Davis Mills, Kellen Mond, and um, Kyle Trask all went like in four picks. Well, each Kyle other. Trask ended on the first with no second round. Sec you, you went at the end of the second round well, to um, Tampa oh Bay. Tampa Bay yeah, yeah, yeah. to be Tom Brady's backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It went him at the end of the second round. Then two picks later, I think it was Kellen Mond, and then Davis Mills went to the Texans. I think if any of those guys fell to the end of the third round, they would have taken them. But I, I at that spot, like when you're looking at like, you know, like, again, their first two picks were picks of, you know, need, but also like, hey, we're building our team. We're making it better. Samuel yeah. Cosme, an athletic tackle guy who's going to potentially contribute right away for left for left tackle for them. And again, mm -hmm. I think that was a very good pick for them out of Texas. Uh, again, an athletic tackle who may need to be coached up a little bit, but. You know, now you have a better offensive line room that I think is just going to be – Washington is going to be a better team. And yeah. it, and they're going to – you know, again, they got a better quarterback this year with yep. Fitzpatrick. Sorry, um, Alex Smith. We love you. But, but like, you need to have legs. And yeah. I, no listen, disrespect, Alex. We love you, and we, we want the best for you. But it was hard to watch you. Happy retirement. That's what it we're was, saying. It, was, it wasn't hard to watch you. Every time you step back, I was like, I hope – his leg doesn't fall off. Like, yes. It's like, I hope no one hits him and then, you know, his leg goes that way and it's like it's blood on the field. We didn't want that for you. But, you know, we're glad that you're going to enjoy retirement. Coach now. Probably do some coaching. Yes. When you're chipped like that or something like that. We'll see. But that, that Taylor Heineke kid, man, he showed me something. He yeah, did. So he did. I think he's going to compete in camp with yeah. uh, well, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick to be he, the starter. He but. showed me. I'm like, you went cold against the Bucks defense. And you showed out. Yes. You showed out pretty well. I'm like, all right. There's something that you have in your gut, that kid. So we'll see. We'll see what your future holds for them. Um, I like I like I like the team. I like I Rob Rivera. Even though he went through cancer and then, you know, he was very silent as a, as the head coach, but his personality infected that squad. Oh yeah, they and, got a lot better. And, and they and got a lot, lot better. I didn't see them you wouldn't see them winning the division, but hey. They showed out what the what the, the one lack they had was a quarterback. And here's the thing: I think his um his notoriety in the league gave him that ability to basically get the owner to kind of back off. Yeah. Like if you noticed, um, Dan Snyder's not not really like even though he's <laughs> bought out the rest of, bought out the rest of the owners and he's the full hundred percent owner of the team. He uh he is not he he has not said a lot of things recently. He has he, been he, I'm going to be in the background. STFU. He's listen because Ron Rivera said so. Ron Rivera is now the guy running the team, and that's the idea here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can we talk about the Dolphins? Yes. Wow. Um, yes, they had a very good draft as well. Wow. Getting Waddle for Tua, match made in heaven. Yes, I like Waddle a lot. In fact, so do, was, so do I. I think there was a very good argument for Waddle to be, uh. The number one wide receiver in this draft class. It was just he had an injury. That's why it held him back. If he had gotten to play this whole year, I think it would have been. A, I think there would have been a lot of uh, good argument for him to be the number one guy. I, I think that Devontae Smith would never have won the Heisman if Bottle had played. I think there's a good argument to that. Yeah, even I think Smith Smith said it himself. He was inter interviewed on um, Club Shady with Shannon Sharp. Shout out to Shannon Sharp. If you pay attention, we love you. <laughs> um, and he said that he said it out of his mouth like, "Yo, if I wasn't if Bottle didn't get it hurt." The light wouldn't have been shown on me. Yeah, because those two is a tandem. Can you imagine? I'm sorry to take it back. At one point, Jerry Judy, Ruggs, Waddle, Smith, all on the same field, 
at the same time. And it wasn't the other guy who's might who might go for who might be a first round wide receiver next year too. My um, starts with an M. I can't remember how to say his name. So just just think what Alabama had at one point. The same thing with the, with the running back room at one point where they had. So yeah, oh yeah, they woo! had Derrick Henry, Henry, Alvin Kamara. Kamara, uh, uh, oh my gosh, um, it was it was a lot of guys. Because even I, if you guys know Kamara, Kenyon Drake was there yeah. too at one point. Uh, Kamara had to transfer out to Tennessee because it's like it's crowded in here. Yeah, <laughs> and he good showed thing. out. It's a good, good thing, thing for him. Yeah, yeah, but still, all that one and even the quarterbacks. Yes, you had Jones, Tua, and you had oh uh, my gosh, Jalen Hurts. So wow, the other Jalen. Wow, um, wow. Jalen Waddle, I love. I like the speed. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. the smoothness. There's a very good argument for him being the number one wide receiver in this class. He should have been. Um, and, and like, I get the argument for Jamar Chase there too. Again, if it wasn't for the injury concern, it, it wouldn't be. Um, it, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, Jalen Phillips, uh, I liked a lot too. He had the concussion issues. But that's um, a flyer. You, would you call it a flyer? He's still in the first round, so I don't know if that's a flyer. I, I think it's. I think it's more along the lines of, um, uh, of he is a, he is a player. I, I think he's a very good edge rusher. Mm-hmm. I think they had the ability to take that risk and just go with it. Okay. Um, I he is probably if it wasn't for the concussion concerns, he would have went top ten. Okay. Um, but because he had concu- he had three concussions, one because of a dirt bike accident, he was um, uh, he had to me. medically retire from UCLA, then go Ooh. to Miami. Ooh. So yeah, that was why. Ooh. You know, that's couple why little teams- red flags over there, right yes. there. I don't know. I, I would, if just by you saying those those couple things, I pro- I would never take him the first round. Yeah. Well, that was kind of my concern as well. I think there were teams who had him off their board. Um, I probably would have as well because. For me, and I know the stats on this, the five-year survival rate for a player in the NFL, if you don't have concussion history, right, just not having concussion history, 36%. When you do have a concussion history, it's 11%. Yikes. Yeah. So that is a big deal. That is a huge risk. That one that one third shot of you just you, two thirds of a chance that your player is not going to work out for you. Look at look at Luke Keekley. And of all the injuries to have as far as a risk goes, it's a head trauma. Yes, where you are, it's not like you can play through it. You have an independent neurologist you have to go through to get to play. Mm. So that is the risk there with with Jalen Phillips. He did gets he, one concussion. He could be out for three months. Did did he uh, did did he go through the the, the... I guess the independent neurologist for the the draft, or the teams I, I, didn't look at him like that. I don't know how they handled that. I honestly don't know how that was handled this year. I don't know how teams were felt about those medical red flags. That's a that's either a way, big risk. In yes, the first round, you could have got somebody else. Well, but here's the thing: Miami's the one team that could take that risk, right? Because they have multiple first round picks. They had two first round picks this year. They have two first round picks in 2023. So mm. I think they felt comfortable about it. Um, Javon Holland, I, I kind of wasn't as big of a fan on Javon Holland. Um, but I think he was a fine pick on day two. I just think he was taken a little high. I think he was actually, he was the first safety out the board. Maybe it was him or it was either him or the Atlanta pick. I think it was him. Cause I think Atlanta picked a, like two picks later. So Javon Holland, um, I thought he actually, his better position is outside corner. He never played it outside corner, mm-hmm. but he didn't play slot corner. Like you would want to see him play slot corner to feel good about him playing slot corner in the NFL. And like, there's talk about him being a safety, but he didn't like, 
he didn't tackle or attack the way you want a safety to play. I just, just stick his nose in there. Yeah, like he didn't he didn't hit like a safety. Now maybe they feel better about his coverage on the back end. Um, so you think it might be like a free safety? I think it might be they they I think well I had Ricky on and he was talking about his usage and he's like I you know well you could see him maybe being as we thought the Patriots would be the perfect team to take him. Now you're getting Brian Flores taking him. Well, but it's it's a like Patriots way. <laughs> very Patrick Chung-esque player. Okay, who okay, can, okay. Who I think it has a very good versatility to him. My issue was, as so I, I had, there was two different like times where I wanted to just kind of fuse two players in this draft class at mm -hmm. safety. Mm -hmm. Javon Holland and Elijah Molden. I wanted to take and turn them into one player because they would have been the perfect slot corner slash safety, mm -hmm. like a Buda Baker kind of player. And not, they both have different things that were really good. Like if you took Elijah Molden's mentality and put it in Javon Holland, you'd have Buda Baker. Mm -hmm. um, there was another thing where Andre Sisco, who went to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, had a torn ACL out of Syracuse. If yeah, you I took that, him, him, I remember him. That guy. They meant, they talked about him. Yeah. If you took him and you put our um, Darius Washington's brain inside of his body, he would be a top ten player in this draft class. Now, part of it was is he was playing for Syracuse, and when he played near the line of scrimmage for Syracuse, he looked like a mess. But when he was playing free safety, when he was playing out, like he was great. So I think he was playing a lot of times out of uh, out of alignment. Mm -hmm. um, where he would get burned sometimes because again, I think their defense was a little bit of a mess. The defense was, was trash. It was a with six Syracuse. <laughs> no disrespect, Syracuse. but there were three good players there that were draftable players. I know. I know. Um, so uh, John Holland, I wasn't the biggest fan of, but I think he went. You know, day two, I thought he would go. And if you swapped him with Liam Eichenberg, I liked Eichenberg. I like. Also, I also like Hunter Long. Hunter Long reminds me a lot of uh, Austin Hooper. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, as far as a player, like a solid blocker, solid receiving option, not the biggest athlete in the world, but I think he will be a solid tight end at the next level. And then Liam Eikenberg, if it wasn't for the fact he had 32-inch arm, 32-and-a-half-inch arms, I think he would have been taken so first he round. Short, he has a short arms. Yeah, he did not have the, the best wingspan, uh, best arm length or wingspan in this draft class. To, and to be tackled, you want to have long arms to just knock him back. So yeah. I can see that, yeah. Um, now, again, I think they're not as worried about it. I think they're going to see what he can do. Maybe they'll play him at left tackle. I thought they'd address tackle. You know, they did take another tackle later on in the seventh round. But, the, you know, after Hunter Long, it was two seventh-round picks, so I don't, you know, might not even make the roster. <laughs> I think those I think those top five picks were all very good. Again, they have picks going into the future. I think the Jalen Phillips pick I felt a little worried about because of the concussion history. But there were people who wanted him to go top ten even with the concussions. I I, I feel a little bit more nerve-wracked about that. I don't I, know if I, I wouldn't have taken him. No disrespect to you, kid. I would have grabbed you probably in the second or third round if you were there. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's where I felt it was fair, and that's why I thought Miami – Miami having four picks in the top 50, uh, I thought that made it a very like, likely option that they would take him. Um, and then they did. So I think that worked out for them. Uh, you have – what do you want to do, one, one or two more final draft classes? I you think want? The, the, the one, the steal for me was um, you Falcons, man. You, you got the tight end that you wanted, man. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Listen, I, I liked that Kyle tape Pitts. on him, you're looking at Shining Sharp all over again. No, just, I, I compare him. To Shannon Shop of of that that pass catching tight end where you can't guard him, he's great. I, I listen, he's one of the best players. He was one of the best players in this draft class at, at all. Like yeah, he he was him and Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell and Jalen Waddle yeah, and, yeah, and Jamar yeah, Chase. Like yeah, I think Jamar those, Chase. those there was an those argument four. for like the top three receivers, the top two tackles, and Kyle Pitts. But but as Kyle the non QB Pitts, options, it, I wow. 
I mean, he literally could be played at wide receiver, yeah. except for the fact that he's so good at tight end, you could play him at tight end. Yeah. Um, this is why I did the video recently talking about the Julio Jones thing. And, I again, like, I think that them taking Kyle Pitts frees them up to do that because they still have Calvin Ridley on the roster. Now, I would love to see an offense with Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, and Julio Jones. Woo-hoo! Like, I would rather see that Woo-hoo! because I think that just gives you all the options. Woo-hoo! But uh, And they didn't take a wide receiver in this draft class until the sixth round, so that might still be an option for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they did take Richie Grant uh, in round two, more of a single high free safety type. Well, from... they, you know they they lost their, their safety, so yeah, and he's I think he he's going to be a better version of what Keanu Neal and yeah. uh, well he's not Keanu Neal was more of a strong safety kind of guy, but they mm-hmm. also had the um, Devonte Casey, who both those guys were coming off of injuries anyway. Um, Richie Grant, though, reminds me of Marcus May and Marcus Williams. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, Very good, like, versatile, free safety kind of guy. A little bit older a prospect, 24 years old, um, but can drop down in the slot, can go ahead. Maybe if you're really in a pinch, play corner for you like Marcus May did. So, again, Mm -hmm. I think he's a very solid safety option. Um, Then they also took, you know, Jalen Mayfield in the third round. I think that's a solid option. I think they might kick him into guard, if, and or they might let him play right tackle if Caleb McGarry doesn't work out. But now they have options on the offensive line. Um, this Drew Drew Dahlman out of Stanford, I kind of like that pickup. You know, again, they got another offensive lineman to see. You know, if you know, uh, if one player doesn't work, I think they took a center last year in the third round. But now maybe you have a backup center. They did lose Alex Max. They lost the guy who's been their center for the last few years. <laughs> He was like a, um, it was like a stone in there. Is he yeah. one that played with the uh, what was it? Was it was it knee jacked up in the Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah, what was wrong with him in the Super Bowl? I forgot I, what it was. I forget. I think it was, I know he, it was like he, his, I think he had like a fracture. Was, yeah, like and he, he played pretty damn well. Close to perfect. Yeah, so again, I really like their their draft class. They you know, Darren Hall out of San Diego State and Avery Williams. I again trying to take some later picks on corner. Um, they did have, they do have a couple of guys already at corner on the roster. I thought they'd attack corner sooner, but maybe they didn't feel like there was a good enough man corner at the spots that they were looking at. Who did they draft in the first round last year? Uh, Trayvon Mullen uh, out of Clemson. So how did that go? Not bad. So I think they'll, they'll, they'll be, I think they're going to be fine with him. I think it's the other corner slot that I think I'm a little bit more worried about. Um, you know, depending on what happens with the Julio Jones thing, maybe they go ahead and get rid of Julio. They trade him out, maybe bring in a guy like. Brian Poole when they have a little bit more money, um, making you know, Julio a post-June 1st trade. Listen, because Calvin Ridley's a stud. Yes, they're going to keep Calvin Ridley. I think they'll extend Calvin Ridley. He's a stud. You, 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 Atlanta, don't worry. Calvin Ridley can hold the fort for Julio. Yeah. You know, we're not saying Julio is, is bad. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we don't care about Julio Jones. But if you let go Julio, Calvin Ridley's right there. So he can well, easily put him in there and do his thing. The other thing is they might not get rid of Julio. Like, we're hearing a lot not. of talk about Julio. There might be other players that they're looking to trade. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they traded uh, the safety linebacker dude that they have there. Is it Deontay Bush? Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they trade Grady Jarrett because they didn't they didn't do anything with his contract to kind of free up money with him. Mm. So I, you know, there's a lot of guys in that roster that come June first they might trade them. I, that, that Julio Jones situation is starting to, to to hurt my ears because I'm I'm telling you. I'm I'm seeing the hoodie coming over and finessing Atlanta at Julio Jones. It wouldn't surprise me. We'll see. We will see. The dark um, side. I think they might. I think they'll see how their their season's going too. I think they're going to see what they can get out of the guys they have on the roster. 
Um, but there is a lot of talk that they need to kind of get rid of a couple of contracts in order to sign their rookies that are going to be coming in off this uh, this draft class. Mm. Um, any Post final any final classes you really wanted to talk about? Any final teams? Okay, so I, here's the one that kind of confused me. You Cowboys and you Eagles. Cowboys and Eagles trading with each other? Uh, no, I'm not helping you out. Are you kidding me? No. I'm not giving you... Because I'm telling you right now, if Devontae Smith comes back to haunt the Dallas Cowboys, you did it to yourself. I mean, yes, but keep in mind, he was either going to the Giants or the Eagles. True, but I'm I'm not. Trading. So they just got an extra third round pick. Regardless, he was going to be in the division. I I, I all you do did it. was get a third round pick to help screw the Giants and give the Eagles a guy. I, Keep I, in mind the Eagles don't have a quarterback. In fact, I think it would have been a worse situation if the Eagles had traded up and gotten Justin Fields. Mm. So like, I, if anything, I think they both screwed the pooch on that because they could have taken Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That one is like what. Because when I saw on the ticker, I'm like, Eagles trade with the Cowboys. What, 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 the, what are you talking about? And I thought it was a mistake. Yeah. And then it was like, no, they actually trade with the Cowboys. I'm like, what the hell did – what did he have to do to, to get that deal off? <laughs> and then he found that was a swap of the first and a third, right, for that pick? Yeah, they, tra- the yeah, they swapped they, – they, they traded a third-round pick to move up. That was yeah. – you know. So, um, my big thing with their draft class with the Dallas Cowboys, it's all dudes have had off-the-field question marks. Yes. And, 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 and you know, and shout-out to Undisputed – because your boy uh, 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 Skip Bayless, he went on an epic rant I, I'd never seen before. Usually Skip is so po- pessimistic, I mean, optimistic about his, his squad. He was really like, no. He didn't like any of them, except for Michael Parsons. But he's like, but all even these he has guys the field thing going these, on. All these feel like the Rebels. It's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, the Raiders all over again. But these, you know, troubled guys coming in and like, yeah, Micah Parsons had the off the field when he was in college, where yeah. they were he, they were doing the hazing thing. <laughs> uh, Kelvin Joseph uh, literally got suspended for a bowl game while he was at LSU, and then had to transfer to Kentucky. And then they basically asked him to opt out because they were tired of him lollygagging at the end of the year, kind of being half in, half out. You see, um, Osa Adigizua and Chauncey Golson, those were I think like the cool picks. Like they didn't have any off the field. But I also don't think they were kind of more floor guys. Like they're going to come in, they might be rotational edge rushers for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Osa can also play D tackle, three technique for you. Um, they didn't get a nose tackle in this draft class. I mean, I, I don't know if Bohannon. I actually don't know if Bohannon's measurables on that. Because we um, were so sold. I'm sorry, we were so sold on Patrick Sertain, and when he got off the board, it was like, all right, screw it. They had to trade back because they yeah. were a little nervous. <laughs> um, it. Uh, Nash and Wright might have been a little bit of a stretch of a pick. Jabril Cox was a good pick, but now you're taking two linebackers. Um, Josh Ball, he had a huge off-the-field thing go on recently. Talk about it. <laughs> I what was it, like 10 complaints or something? It was weird. I, I don't have enough information for me to feel comfortable opining on his off-the-field, other than it's like What's 10 complaints, and there's like a do- I think it's like a domestic thing. It's not, it is not a very no. nice thing. Wait, there's another player who had a domestic uh, issue. Oh, recently. Rashad Weaver yeah. on the Titans. Yeah, yes. I was like, ooh. Yes. And, uh, Already? Yes. Literally like this month. Yeah. It was weird. It was like, come on, you didn't do your homework? Uh, Well, apparently like it was filed literally last week. Mm. Like the, the, the criminal complaint was filed last week, literally the day of the draft or something. Yeah. So it was like. Uh, it was that's so bad, and it, it, uh, Titans have not had good luck with that kind of stuff either. No, because even the same kid from last year. 
Isaiah Wilson. They don't know what they – is he still in the squad or they traded him? No, he's a free agent now. They traded him to Miami, and Miami waived him. They're like, we're not dealing with this guy. This is nuts. So because he doesn't know he was a player or not. Yeah, so um, – Sorry to, to, to scramble you guys. Brown's actually signed a guy who was kind of like that with um, Malik McDowell recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, former second-round pick of the Seahawks has not played a snap in the NFL because he got into an ATV accident, and then he got arrested multiple times, went to jail for a little bit. Um, so some of those guys need your boys help, man. Come talk to me. I'll, I'll get you right. Right. You need a, you guys need like one of those, you need Spiritual a mentor. Guy, you need yeah. To you. you know what I'm saying? Is, is that DJ? your next thing? Yeah. Spirit, DJ intense, spiritual guy. That's it, man. I'll help you out, man. Let me get in your head. Cause I, I would, I would tear you down and build you right back up. I don't care how mad you might get at me, but you know what? The, why that should be because facts. Cause you, 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 you're effing around. Stop, stop. But did yeah, going back to that picks for, I, it was weird. Come like I'm not because if you can go to the Eagles, if you want to see the Eagles one, yeah, it's like they had actually they had some very good picks though. So think about if the Eagles went ahead and didn't like. Well, here's the thing: we don't even know, we don't know uh, what would have happened if the Eagles didn't trade up to ten. Because maybe the Giants still trade back from eleven, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if maybe the Eagles get the call from the Bears to go ahead and swap picks yeah. and get a first rounder. So at the end of the day, I don't think it really changes much. Uh, other than Dallas got a third rounder for taking a guy they probably would have taken a 10. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't mind it that much. Eagles got their guy in it. They still screwed up the Giants. So, I think for those teams, it's all kind of the same. They're going to beat each other up regardless. I also division. like what the Eagles did. Like, I like Devontae Smith as a player. Yeah, who doesn't? I like Landon Dickerson. I think he was one of my favorite offensive linemen to watch in this draft class. Now, he has injury concerns, so that's going to be a big red flag. Well, that's, but that was he, why he, he fell was the, the second um, round. He was the center that that came and had the last snap. He because he was injured. He yes. showed his knee, right? Yeah, he has yeah, multiple yeah. knee problems yeah, 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 over the years. But, but, but yes, but mostly he, ACLs. He he played pretty well when he was on the field because he was a guy you could put at center guard. Yeah, he's very versatile. Tackle um, needed him. He would go anywhere. So I yeah. liked him. Um, that might be the replacement for your boy Kelsey. We don't know yet. I think that's what he's there for. I think so. he's the he's going to be able to not play right away. Let him rehab a bit. Play Jason Kelsey his final yeah. year. And they get Landon Dickerson in the yeah, room. Yeah. If they have to, they could play him at left guard as well or right so, guard. So Brandon he'll, he'll Brooks he'll isn't back. Be, but Devontae Smith, I was like, no. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm like, that's, could, it, that's like your worst nightmare. You had the guy in that spot. You gave him up, and he's going to come back to haunt you. <laughs> but here's the thing. Dallas wasn't taking him. And he, again, like I, I, I said Dallas before. Dallas wasn't taking him, but it's still like I'd rather have traded somebody else. But, again, if that's the call that you have on the, the board and you're getting the most amount for that pick. Like, I get it. I get both sides of it. You get an extra third rounder. That helped you go ahead and build out your roster a little bit. Um, Landon Dickerson. Milton Williams is very athletic D-tackle. They actually, the reason why they drafted Milton Williams is they traded back two picks for an extra sixth rounder. And apparently it cost them a Lynn McNeil who went to the Lions. Mm. Um, Lions also had a really good draft, too. Oh, yeah, too. yeah. Penny Sewell went over there. Woo-hoo. Yeah, Penny Sewell, um, uh, Levi Muzariki, mm-hmm. uh, a Lynn McNeil, mm-hmm. Amonra St. Brown, Efetu Melifanwu. They're like top five picks are all good players. And, and I really right now, like the, their draft. But the Penny Sewell, don't be surprised if it becomes, you know, HOF. Maybe. Yeah, well, it, their it, offensive line is going to be jacked, man, because yeah. you got Penny Sewell playing right tackle, Taylor Decker playing left tackle. You have uh, Frank Ragnall playing center. You can kick Halepuli Woody Woody Vita Vitae. Uh, I don't know how to say his name at all. It's, <laughs> I know Vita Vitae. 
Uh, with vitamin water, you can play him at center. Or not center. I play him at right guard. And, dude, their offensive line is going to be really good. Yeah. So I dig their offensive line right now. Again, their defense – I think they got a lot better. They have a they have a, they basically drafted back to back picks D tackles with the Lions with um, Levi Wuzuriki and uh, and Alim McNeil, and they have one guy who could be the nose tackle who can get a little bit of push at the, the nose, who's kind of like a discount Vita Vea, mm-hmm. and Levi Wuzuriki is just he's a guy who if he's getting if he's just gonna be gap shooting, he's gonna be really good. If he's yep. just getting lined up on one guy and pushing in. He's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a great player for them. So, and then Afetu Melifanwu, now you're getting another athletic big outside corner to go along with uh, Amani Arriere and um, and the guy who they drafted in the top five last year, the the corner. So, again, they have they have plenty of corners now. I think they – actually, I'm a little shocked. I think they kind of needed safety help, but they didn't really address that. So, maybe that's a thing that they look at in free agency still. Maybe they call Trey Boston or something. We'll see. He's always available. We'll see. Um, and he's always relatively Speaking pretty about, solid. Speaking uh, about the, the Lions, what, what, how are they going to address their running back situation? Well, they just released Carryon Johnson. That was what the action. <laughs> well, they have, but they drafted um they drafted a running back like second round last year. Um, what's his name? Uh, the, the kid out of uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, yeah, the, the, Swift out of Georgia. Over. So. You know, and they can run him out of the slot. He's very versatile. I'm shocked they got rid of Carryon Johnson because it's a relatively cheap contract anyway. It wasn't like they had to get rid of him. Maybe he's um, wanted to go. Yeah, maybe they just do, they were looking to add new guys to the roster. I'm curious to see if he actually gets waived or if somebody offers him a pick, like a pick for the the player at this point. Because again, if I'm a team that's maybe looking for a solid backup running back. There you um, go. Now you can go ahead and bring him on your team. He's not going to cost you much. Um, you know, if I'm the Giants, maybe I look at him because again, you know, you don't know what the issue is going to be with Saquon Barkley. Um, I, you know, the Jets could take him, but they also took Michael Carter. But again, he might be a guy who might be very good for your scheme fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I, again, I think the Eagles had a very good draft. I think the Lions had a very good draft. Um, like I said, the top five picks for the Lions, I really liked. You know, all the way down to Amonra St. Brown, who kind of reminds me a bit of Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm. Uh, another USC guy um, plays big, plays like a big slot role. Maybe he isn't actually that big, but he plays big in the slot. Um, wasn't great on the outside, but they don't need him to play on the outside. Uh, it kind of also reminds me a bit of Cooper Cup. So again, a guy who they could kind of move around. Like Cooper Cup. What? Who doesn't like Cooper Cup? Well, exactly. Like he again, you're getting a guy who kind of has that similar mold to Cooper Cup, where big slot kind of guy. You can move him around the line of scrimmage. He's going to be kind of more of a um, run after catch guy, a really athletic kind of dude. Um, like I said, big slot kind of player, as opposed to like Amari uh, Rogers, who went to the Green Bay Packers. <sighs> can we end on that one? The Packers. Okay, yes. yeah, we'll end on the Packers. Um, First round, they took Eric Stokes, who I actually don't mind as a first round I, I pick. I think the, for the Packers, it, it's 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 like a it's a love hate thing. Uh, yeah, because I I like what they did for the team, but you still have a guy who's disgruntled, and you're not you're not helping your cause. Well, not only that. So when you look at their roster, there's no receiver who's scheduled to be on the roster after next year. <laughs> you so, see what I'm talking about? You see what I'm talking about? You see what I'm just talking about just now? But I think the I didn't mind the Stokes pick if they found a way to resolve the rest of the roster. Now Josh Myers, I think it was a little bit. I think he was a little bit of an overdraft out of Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, but a solid center, like you know, a, a solid center prospect. I just thought, 
you know, at that spot, I might have preferred like Quinn and Miners, Wyatt Davis. Um, they're going to probably kick Elton Jenkins out to right tackle now, or play. Uh, uh, and then they'll play. Uh, what's his name? Earl. Uh, I think Billy Turner. Billy Turner will play him at either left tackle or guard for the time being. Mm-hmm. So they're. I guess I understood the pick because they did need to correct their center situation. I like Amari Rogers as a player. Um, but he can't be the only guy scheduled to be on your roster pass next year. I'll tell you that much. Um, I probably would have went knowing that, hey, we need to go ahead and build up around uh, Aaron. I probably would have went Elijah more earlier. Yeah. Uh, he get was a guy. There. He was there. He has good run after catch ability. Kind of has a very uh, similar, again, role. Could have a similar role to, like I said before, about Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Guys who, again, are in the Shanahan offense. They, you know, I think you've seen those kind of guys get utilized like that. Not like they can't do it with Amari Rodgers, but it's a different level of speed with him. So, because the Packers really didn't have that that slot speedy guy. No, I think they had MVS, but I, I don't think MVS is going to be the no, guy. He he's, he's, not, he's a role player. I'm not disrespecting him when I'm saying that. I'm just saying he wasn't like, he's not your little smart and gone. No, he's not that guy. So, you didn't help the main guy who got the MVP for you last year. Nah, so I get why I would be a little annoyed, especially if you were looking at other players. You know, Terrence Marshall was there um, as well, I think around the pick 62 point. They could have gotten him, Terrence Marshall Jr., who the Carolina Panthers took. Panthers as well had a great draft. Yes, they did. Um, so I'm excited to see what Sam Donald actually going to do down there. Yes. Um, He's finally going to have something to work with. I don't know how much I buy about the Aaron Rodgers situation. It's starting to sound like it's a lot of people near the team saying things, and I don't know who to buy about any of it. So I'm going to wait to make an opinion on it when it actually happens, if a trade happens. Or if he says, uh, F you, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a couple of years off. Or if he goes on Pat McAfee's show and tells everybody what's actually going on. because He's <laughs> he's been very silent. He hasn't said anything. Yeah. like He's been talking on his behalf. Yeah, so uh, the only people I really respect when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers stuff is Pat McAfee and A.J. McCarron because those guys actually know him. Not A.J. McCarron, A.J. Hawk. Because those guys actually know him and hang out with him. So when they say something about it, I will listen. Other than that, I don't really care what people who are beat writers are saying about it. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, outside of that, like I, I don't. There's nothing stellar about their draft. There's no. nobody who I was really a big fan of outside the top. They addressed uh, the team needs, but it wasn't like okay. Yeah, there's again nobody who I was really overly excited. No late round steals or no. anything. Um, the last one I think I want to talk about quickly because I mentioned them, Carolina Panthers. Whew. Talk about filling out the roster. Yeah, so Terrence Marshall went two picks before them, so maybe they could have traded up and got uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. if they were worried about a guy falling. Uh, but again, Carolina Panthers took J.C. Horn in the first round. Eight I overall. like him. Love him. One of I my like favorite JC players because he's not a, he's he's not scared to go against number one in the travel. Yeah, that's the one thing I liked about him more than I like Patrick Sertain. Like to me, Patrick Sertain is that solid guy you leave there. But J.C. Horn's a guy like all right, that's your number one. I'm going with him. Yeah, and he's gonna press you. Yeah, he's gonna in the his, slot he's gonna stick outside. His hand in there. He's gonna do what he has to do. So, yeah, I like J.C. Horn a lot. One of my favorite players in this draft Very class. So. And one of the first guys I watched in this draft class, and I fell in love right away. Terrence Marshall was not a guy who I was a huge fan of, but at pick 59, I thought it was a very good pickup for them. He gets to rejoin with his offensive coordinator. There you go. Uh, you know, from uh, from college with uh, Joe Brady. Brady Christensen I liked quite a bit. I think a lot of people started pushing him up their boards later on. 
Um, I think third round is the exact place he should have went. I thought he was a third round tackle, and he went in the third round, and that was probably you know the perfect spot for him. I thought that was he could play guard. You know, they might kick him into guard depending on who wins their tackle battle, mm -hmm. but they could also play him at tackle and play somebody else at guard. They think they brought in Pat Elfline and uh, you know, Cam you, Irving, you, so you, they're gonna have you, a fight down rotation, there. You know what I'm saying? And you get to where you get to, and then that's it. Yeah, and I also like the Tommy Tremble pick. Chuba Hubbard I liked quite a bit, again, as a fourth-round running back to be the backup to Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. uh, Davion Nixon I dig. You know, I, I did, you know, I think there was a lot of talk about, you know, initially him being a top-50 player. I think this is more, you know, this is definitely closer to where he probably should have went. A uh, good three-tech player for him to put next to, you know, Deontay Brown and um, a lot of the other guys they already have on the roster. Different kind of, different kind of player than what they already have, more of a gap shooter. Um, but again, a bigger one and a bigger three tech. He just didn't do it great against big competition. So I guess that's kind of why a lot of teams weren't as huge on him. Deontay Brown out of Alabama. They also got, um, as a UDFA, um, David Moore out of Grambling State, who I think was actually their biggest steal of the draft because they got him as a UDFA. So between Deontay Brown. Undrafted free agent. Yeah, yes, undrafted free agent. Between those two guys. I, I think the guard situation is going to be really good because I kind of like Deontay Brown from Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, big dude. Him and, I wanted him and Bed Cleveland to go to the to the Jets so just so the Jets could have the biggest offensive line in the NFL because <laughs> they'd have, like, three guys who measured in over 350. Like, it would be the biggest O-line ever. Um, and, then, but, and then you look at uh, Moore from Grambling State, and he's actually 6'2", but very stout and very stacked. I think he'd be very good at guard. Um and then Shai Smith, I thought, was a solid slot pickup. Um, I, again, I think you look through that whole list, I think it was a great uh, great pickup. Tommy Tremble, solid blocking tight end who might be able to do more than what he did in college. I think his best tape's ahead of him. Overall, just love the you know love that draft class. Tremble, Tremble was a guy on the tape. It didn't look – you don't – he does dirty work. Yeah. So I, I, that's why I, you said that. I liked him too because he was a guy that – so I'm going to go punch you in the face and block you and – take you out off the field and he did it like if there's a john new smith in this class the initial people were talking about brevin jordan as john new smith jr mm -hmm. i think tommy tremble kind of could be in that mold yep. of a john new smith or even just kind of a hidden gem that you get later on uh in the role of george kittle where he mm -hmm. played the other parts well and from the little parts that you saw him catching he played really well so, so. any final thoughts on this class uh as a whole i think this draft cast as a whole was one of the best because you, you basically had two years worth of like tape from last year and this year. So you had a lot of players that should have been higher, but they fell in later rounds. So it was okay. There were guys who went straight undrafted who I yeah. thought were going to go like rounds three and four. Like the the talent in the UDFA, the it's, undrafted market was wow. insane. It was, it was it was high. It was really high. Browns got Marvin Wilson as a free agent. I if he would gone if they had taken him any time on day three, I would have been happy. Yeah. Um. Ardarius Washington went to the Baltimore Ravens. If he had gone anywhere oh, on we day didn't three, the Ravens about yeah. the first round pick. Um, wide receiver, but yeah, another time. Yeah, another time. There's plenty of again. There's so much, and we'll I'm sure we'll get back to talking about. You know, even just going into the season, um, just all these draft classes. So, again, it was a fun draft. I think yeah. it was it was a draft of very diverse very opinions. Deep. Yes, it was very deep at weird positions. Like, it was deep, and then there was, like, not a consensus opinion on certain players. So, 
Uh, overall, I liked it. It was a fun year. I'm mm-hmm. glad to have you back on. Thank you. To, thank to, you, thank to, you. to get I, you back in I, here. I, I haven't been avoiding him. It's just I've been working and, and trying to, you know, make ends meet. You know, he's been working and I've been avoiding him for some weird reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, no, he's been working and then like again, like just things have to line up perfectly. Exactly. exactly. Um, but it was great to get him back in here to hear a bit about like what his opinions were on this draft class. To to go over, you know, some of our favorites on here. Our you know top top whatever eight nine ten and like some of the lesser favorites as well but again th- uh, thanks for coming on if you want Appreciate you can follow him at uh dj intnce and the podcast on the record which i'll get him on to come talk on our show about law stuff and sports stuff too as well he's always invited oh so that sounds like a fun time yeah. i'll definitely hop on there yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you can follow me at brojo death is in the end of life punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer you can follow the podcast at draft vice on twitter at draft vice underscore football on instagram and uh, take care. Fall out. I'm not doing any more midnight mock drafts because there's nothing to mock draft anymore. <laughs> but I will find something else to live stream sometime Fantasy. soon. Fantasy is coming pretty soon. Yes, that'll, that'll be the next Dynasty thing. Dynasty picks if you had any Dynasty picks coming up. Yeah, that'll be the next thing when those things come up. Dynasty and... But I got to break down tape for some of those guys. You know, mm-hmm. when I do my when I do my rankings for fantasy, it's it's start out looking at who did well last year. Look at tape for guys who might take the step forward. Look at guys who maybe didn't do as well and why didn't they do as well and what might have changed. So it'll be a, it'll be a process, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. We have a few months, uh, some new projects in the in the pipeline, and also check out Thursdays at six o'clock. Me on Face Off of Face Mirror with Brenda Facemeyer. Um, that's always fun. She's great. She's very supportive and she, she keeps on wanting to push me on doing extra shows with her as well. So, uh, shoot, uh, go ahead, watch that. Go watch all of her things. I'll put the link to her groups in the, in the profile. She has more than just that show as well. So have a good night. Two things before I go. Oh. Hey, Texans. <laughs> that was two things.